You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Clink, 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 as he sort of wraps the end of his blaster pistol on the window of the door the Transocean is still stuck behind. From behind you here. what? What's the battle droids? What are they for? Do you guys know how freaking dangerous they are? How fragging dangerous it is to have disruptor rounds on a spaceship? Okay, and the Transocean just looks at him like, you lost your mind, what droids? Yeah, can I just do a read? What is the version of... Detect lies? Yeah. In mind, I have head tails, which hmm. are good at that. It's like their whole thing. You do, actually. Now, uh... Is that for picking up pheromones? Yep. He's in a closed environment. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I also just read people. Pretty empathetic. Can you just open the door a smidge and then I'll take a sniff? Just poke a tendril in there. That is so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Come, let me smell your lies. <laughs> Oh, God. I smell fear. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is delicious to me. Just hold still. Splat right there. Oh, the my Splat. God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Gentle caress. Yes. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, deception. Discipline. It's opposed by discipline. Dis- discipline is your detect lies skill. Makes sense. Dang it. Oh. I've really got nothing in that, so because I did not think that that would be what that is. Mm. Um, so I'll need to probably spend some XP in that. Yeah. I've just got one green dice. I have three, and I think I'm there. Yes. You are there. Okay, so we'll say the Guardian. What is point of me? Was was to stop my character from dying. Duh. In my wacky hijinks. You're the vessel for the audience to pour themselves into. Oh my god. Straight man. Yeah. I'm the goddamn blue alien with head tails. Straight man. Nobody wants to be a straight man anyway. Um, in my species, I'm actually quite the clown. <laughs> uh, so, Nadia, if you'd like to assist Mark by giving any, by, by observing for any pheromone-style cues that he may give off, you will say that Mark, you can get a blue diet, and you can also be resisted by one purple diet. Difficulty one. Mm-hmm. This is all looking very prominent. <laughs> and a blue die. And a blue die. Come on. Right. So, thus far, <laughs> for the audience at home, <laughs> just to recap. I have rolled N success. I have rolled two failures. Ah, that is literally what they're called. Good. <laughs> I've also rolled three advantages. I am now rolling a blue dice. I need N success. Hey! hey. Three successes, uh, three uh, advantages, no success. What? No, there was one success there. No, no, no it got cancelled out. Oh, okay, so just three advantages. Yeah. Eh. So, I have advantage over him, Tom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but you failed, you failed to get the read on whether he's lying or not. But I do know that he is uh, self-conscious about his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but you... <laughs> So, now I know everything about you. So you don't, you, you can't tell for sure whether he's lying or not, but you do get a very strong impression of him, which is that he is very ignorant of the overall comings and goings of what this is about. So if he was clued in, if he knew the droids were there, he didn't know why. Did he know they were smuggling something? Maybe. You've got no idea. The whole point is he was supposed to be stealing the stuff anyway, so. Okay, guys, I can't tell if he's lying or not. Trendocean faces aren't very animated. But. <laughs> yeah, I was about- Look who's talking, mask boy. I was about to say. I am very expressive. I can tell you one thing. 
this guy, and I point to the through the thing, and I'm like, this guy is an idiot. Um, <laughs> if I had him on my crew, I wouldn't tell him nice anything because he's an idiot. I love it. And <laughs> wouldn't understand when to keep his mouth shut. That's right. <laughs> To take the bait. The only thing worse than his intelligence is probably his breath. <laughs> he says, Hey, I knew stuff. I was told things. Yeah, sure you were, bud. I was. We you were real important, weren't you, buddy? We're transporting something secret. We're going to steal the actual supplies as well. I, I presumed it was spice or something like that. Hey, look, saying presumed doesn't make you smart. You could have looked that up. Don't try and use big words. Let's just speak normally. Let's not try to impress each other and try to defend how smart we are. I think we both have an understanding here. I am the roguishly handsome, dangerous, charismatic, and good at finding things person. And you are the idiot muscle who doesn't get told anything because his superiors don't trust him. Listen, it was a straightforward job. I didn't need to complicate things by knowing all the details. We were just supposed to meet at the rendezvous point and give it over to the governor's security forces. Simple as that. Yeah, well, you know what? You're an idiot. He sits down and just grumps. (laughs) Um, Is it reasonable to assume at this point that uh, Nuller and myself have been included in the... Oh, yes. By now, you've you've responded to this yelling. My character has not been quiet. (laughs) And so Glock just just shakes his head and says, "Ah, oh, okay. Anyway, we're on another few hours. Get some shut eye if you want." Walks walks over to the cockpit. Guys, all right, get away from the door. Definitely get away from the door. So uh, that was interesting. Do we know who we're reporting to when we land? Someone uh, who pays attention when we have boring conversations. No. So all all you have been told <laughs> is that when when you arrive, you'll be met by a contact of Isotech who is localized on this planet, who's going to give you the actual job. Does Isotech like the governor? We... How much do we know? We know that Isotech is kind of... Uh, some sort of like pro proto rebellious sympathies. I mean, they they don't like the empire. Yeah. They they sort of tend to work outside them, mostly because they can they, they can compete with them. But they're yeah. a, they're an independent technology corporation. Yeah, they're just uh, right as far as far as you know, they they do not have imperial sympathies. They're not yeah. they're not rebellious per se, but yeah. they definitely they definitely are not fans of the empire. Although yeah. they do definitely work with them, like they work with the rest of the galaxy to buy and sell stuff. And to right. support anything so long as it makes them money. Okay, can we just be clear about something, uh, Nanya? Yeah, sure, why? One way or the other, our job is to travel to uh, Banu and undertake some sort of contract work as an audition for future jobs with Isotech. Future jobs that, for me, at the very least, have a fan- are fantastic opportunities to make some credits at a really critical time. Now, I appreciate that there may be more to this, and I appreciate that there may be certain things that we're not aware of that we feel that we should be. Can we can we keep it in mind that um, this is probably the best opportunity that a lot of us have in order to try and make it uh, in the outer rim? What are you trying to tell me? What I'm trying to say is... We weren't supposed to know about these droids, and we don't know what it is that they're going to, and we don't know if Isotech is in any way involved. 
I think what my friend is saying here that we need more information and we need to hold off. So if we wait until we get that information, then we can choose what to do with it. If we come out swinging against them as we exit onto the planet Banu, then perhaps people are less likely to cooperate with us. God, no, God, I was never going to probably start, like, throwing accusations around. My thought is more just, like, I am worried that these droids may try to kill us in the future. And I would like that to not happen. And now seems like a really good time to sort of help that along. So what if we just from the droids take something important that means they can't go but if it turns out the droids are on our side we can just give it back oh okay Okay. I think sabotaging them is a risky move they would know it's us yeah we can just ask them it's a big galaxy Nanya Uh, a few more battle droids in it isn't going to change the odds of this particularly much it only really takes one battle droid to kill you well yeah but we're also travelling in space and that has infinite ways of killing you yet here we are let me see what I can do about this dark a pad. Hopefully there might be something that puts your mind at ease. Okay, I'm going back to bed then. Tom, is it possible to take another roll enough time has passed or no? What you can do is, because it's still a good 14 hours until sure. you arrive at your destination, we can just say that you maybe have a have a good night's sleep, everyone, yep. mm-hmm. and then the following day that you can, you know, have, have, have another crack at it before you arrive. All right, uh, have you got any computers, by the way? I have two green and a Yellow. Okay, cool. We've got three green as a backup if needed. Oh, well, you can can definitely assist. Thank you. So you all have a good night's sleep for the time Mm -hmm. being. You you meditate and so forth. You'll get a wound back. Yay. You'll get a wound back. Fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, Now, Sam. Yes. When you sleep, you dream. Yes, Tom. And you see a very strange sight. You feel yourself surrounded by kind of orange and red and you feel pain. You feel this strange psychic emotional pain in your body. And you feel almost a presence calling out to you and imploring you to end its suffering. It's an, it's an unsettling feeling. And you wake up drenched in sweat and you have a couple of, a couple of tears streaming down your face just from the emotion of feeling that very, very emphatically. I get up and try to, I check, would I have bandages, that sort of thing? There's bandages, there's medical supplies, yes. Oh no, no, would I have them on me? Oh, well, I mean, you will say that your sleeping quarters has a couple of basic amenities, like a first aid kit mm. and, you know, maybe some rations and so forth, so basic stuff. I think she's asking if she has bandages. If I have them on my body. Oh, as in, sorry. bandaged. No, you're not. That's not really how that works. You, okay. you, your stim packs and medipacks are done normally with injections and, you know. Uh, but there's signs of her body being as injured as it is as opposed to some sort of whole body dream state thing. In other words, she's not, yeah, she's not like an idealized self. So this is her as she is, wounded, making her way in the stream. No, it was no. not you. Oh, no, so no, you no. Were... It's, it's an overall feeling of pain and... Yes. Yeah, just wanting to end it. Basically, yes, exactly right. And you were dreaming as though seeing through the... Well, not seeing, that's not really like the right the right word. Oh, no, you, it'd you, be just like a general feeling. This, yes. This feeling of despair. You sense a presence. You sense a, a, a basic a basic presence, a basic, a basic intellect, very, very basic, uh-huh. that is in pain and was sort of almost connecting with and calling out for you to cease its suffering. Mm, okay, yes. And then you wake up. I just wipe my tears mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to file that away. That, that's, of course, you certainly can. No, it was not a... It's, it's going to just be in my mind a little bit. And I'm just going to spend a little bit of time while I'm coming out of my meditative state, mm-hmm. just kind of staring at the window. No, absolutely. No worries at all. So, apart from you, mm-hmm. everybody else has relatively straightforward sleep. And as soon as you wake up, uh, obviously the two of you are going to combine your intellect over this data pad and let's give mm-hmm. me a roll. All right. So, four purple dice, two green and yellow. Yes. Uh, one blue from Nadia, one blue from the um, advantage that I got earlier. Ah, uh, one failure, three advantages. Okay, so at the very least, you realize that this encryption is just, it is just above your ability to do. Fair enough. You are not skilled enough as a hacker. However, you think that if you were to meet another person who is a more skilled splicer than you, you would be able to, and you trusted them, of course, Mm. to to make an attempt in the absence of you being able to have any success, you would be able to point them in the right direction to severely narrow down the time it would take for them to decrypt it. Uh, So if you, if you were to trust somebody else to give it a go, you would be able to shorten the time it would take for them to I'll splice into it uh, very very handily alright well I'll keep an eye out for um, a splicer and Banu I think probably Nanya would be able to help on that one yes well I don't know people on every planet uh, that would have been a lie but <laughs> I know where to go to meet people who know people probably probably uh, and to be clear <laughs> Banu was discovered less than a year ago it is a very very recently discovered planet that just happened to be full of wonderful resources and for mining in particular so okay so the blue of hyperspace gives way to the streaks of stars which then solidify and you can see that as you approach Banu itself that there is a nebula there's a very very large sort of bluish purplish nebula that sweeps all around the interior Uh, so Banu has a very standard sun and Banu itself is a Actually, technically, it's a moon. It's a relatively small moon that is uh, surrounding a much larger sort of bluish-purple gas giant. And there are two other two other planets of not much note whatsoever in the system at all. But Banu itself is a blue moon and is <laughs> yes, I know. Insert jokes here. We're, we're, look, uh, the fact that we're not the fact that we're not doing that, Tom, is an exercise of restraint that really needs recognition. And it is appreciated. So, <laughs> is it appreciated uh, enough to, for us to flip some of those dark side points? No. It is not no, now. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so, as you are approaching, I assume that you will make your way to the cockpit or the cargo hall. Where do you sort of meander to meet up? I'll be in the cockpit. Okay, you're in the cockpit. Fantastic. So, as you come out of hyperspace, you now have to navigate through the nebula. So, this mm-hmm. is going to be another few minutes, obviously. Mm-hmm. You, you notice that, um, you know, Glock is doing a reasonable job oh, yeah. of going through without avoiding the clusters that have ion things that can I- interrupt with your senses and so forth. And you get closer and closer and closer. And as you do, however, all of a sudden... <gasps> Uh-oh. <gasps> Shit. You encounter some trouble. Oh. Looming suddenly and unexpectedly out of the nebula, out of the glowing nebula around you, you can see that there is a field. There is a swarm of devastation. There is essentially the uh, the remnants of what appears to be several destroyed ships. The aftermath of a space battle. Huge chunks of what looks to be you know, a couple of different sized ships, you know, like medium-sized transports that have been blasted apart and now the debris is essentially sort of swirling around and moving towards towards you, uh, which can be a dangerous thing, obviously, in space. So you realize that Glock 
has just kind of frozen up and is looking at this debris, which he was oh, not expecting. Yeah. And he freezes. It, is, it does not look like he's going to be doing his job and avoiding this nonsense. I would have been right there in the co- in the co-pilot seat. You are, yes. So basically, the star starlines become stars, and then suddenly a whole bunch of debris comes right into the field of view, and instinct almost certainly yes. just kind of takes over at that point. Okay. So if I can make some sort of piloting role, it'll be a yeah, standard piloting check, and it is going to be difficulty three. Okay, not to not to set anything up here, but are there any black dice associated with this thing? Actually, no, you know what? It's going to be it's going to be difficulty two, but because of the surprise, there'll yep. be a black dice for uh, circumstantial difficulty rather than the yep. actual... No, because I, I should separate the difficulty of navigating through these yep. shards of broken ships, yes. like a little mini metallic uh, asteroid field, yep. from just the fact that this is completely out of left field. So, yeah, two right. purple, one black. All right, cool. I have skilled jockey as a talent, uh, which removes that black. Cool. Done. Uh, <laughs> so you are icy cool as you grab... Sorry, skilled jockey? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Let's knock it off. My God. All right. So that is three yellow and that is going to be four successes, but with three threat. Oh my. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, okay. In this case, it, it is, I'm going to just say that that definitely just, just translates to the ship's strain because of how violently and quickly and unexpectedly you have to sort of jerk it around. But the thing is though, for any of you who are not aware of what a good pilot Garthen was, coming out of nowhere, you can see this uh, absolute maze of shrapnel hurtling towards your ship and with a perfect spiral maneuver he just perfectly circumvents it all entirely using some agile maneuvers that the likes of which you have not seen previously I imagine the ship groans under the exertion exactly there is some groaning there's a couple little sparks that fly up here you can see the the engines kind of like lurch and sort of have a little bit of a sort of a brown out moment um, as the engines are tested but soon you are past it if we say that the threat then represents ship strength yes correct alright and I might have something for that so, at, 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 well, okay. yeah, see if you can do anything there. Otherwise, at the very, very least, Glock just sort of shakes his head and says, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting that. I, I, I mean, I should have taken some more rest, but no. I was worried about more pirates. Uh, oh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with that. And I just gets up and sort of walks over to the engine room to start to cool. rip, I'll stay, the strain. Then I'll stay where I am and okay. uh, make our approach. What type of ship debris are we talking about here? Can I identify type? You can, actually. So you can see that it appears to be what, what was two larger sort of transport shuttles of some kind they've sure. mostly been blasted apart yeah. you think that one of them could have been the remains of a, of a very similar model to what you have right now right, you're so. driving you also notice that there were a couple of what appeared to be uh, smaller sort of fighter vessels oh. they were obviously coupled and augmented uh, yeah. versions but, together. yes exactly right but they have a very very similar style to Kiza's Raiders oh yes so you never saw any fighter jets emerge from the main pirate ship that Kiza had but you think honestly keeping with the sort of weird uh, blue and green Painted, painted Mad Max aesthetic full of spikes mm. and un- unnecessary curves and mm. bits of plated armor, sort of a motley assortment of um, patchwork put onto them, that it very much looks as though this this was a pirate attack. Okay, and it looks like some of those were buffed, but the freighters came off the worst for it. Correct. Indeed so, yes. All right. These are the same identifications as um, the pirate ship that pulled us out of hyperspace. These are Keyser's ships. 
And you also note very, very, very clearly that this probably happened a good few weeks ago. Like, oh, so okay. this, is, this is not recent. Okay, good. Still, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why we're here. You, so he's relayed all this information that you've told us? I about? have. Okay, yes. Cool, yes. Cool. I, so... Because <laughs> some of you, even for those not in the cockpit, some of you are probably wondering why all of a sudden you lurch to the side, mm-hmm. you know, Star Trek style. Uh, yeah. Yep. All, all of a sudden. I spilt my coffee. <laughs> Calf. 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 I need it to live. So this wasn't them looking for us and killing somebody no. who... This was like, this was maybe three weeks. It's hard to tell in space, it but is. this is old, much older than our running. Great. And probably then the pirates just mugged them on a very close course to the planet. Yeah. Well, we're talking about it. All right. So we travel the hyperspace lane in order to make it here and establish hyperspace route. Yes. So if you... We're looking to speculate. I would say that Keyes' raiders know this lane and probably have been Ooh. hitting up uh, freighters coming to and fro- from Banu. Okay. I Look, I know there's debris and we need to pick our way through it. And, they, you know, we've taken a lot of... How quickly can we get right. to the ba- planet? We can get there pretty fast. You're only a few minutes away and you're past the debris. So Assuming... Can, that threat is past. Assuming the Glax clearances clear, clear out, it's a matter of minutes. Why? Just, you know, not wanting to be... You don't want to be... Spreads, spreads up. Um, like out <laughs> the window towards the debris. It's like just really not wanting to be part of uh, that. Hey, real quick, why wouldn't Glax's clearances work? Why is is that a concern? Do we have to be worried about that? Do I need to talk to someone? Pretend that I'm Nanya. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think we're fine for now. Do we have killer battle droids? And what is going on with the trend ocean in the I think, thing? I think you might actually be worse in space than me. <laughs> no, I'm fine in space. Everything is bad right now. We have travelled from one planet to another and we have had two different groups of people try to kill us with potentially a third lying in wait and three, no, three different groups try to kill us with a third lying in wait, fourth lying in wait in the cargo hold and then there's this. None has got a bit of a point here. This has been probably the most eventful trip that I've ever been in in recent whiles. This isn't normal. It's true. As a person with a hole in their thigh and their side, I concur. L. What are we to do then? I don't know. Well then, stop panicking and let's get to that part. It makes me feel better. Again, do I have I, any I, sedatives? <laughs> you I, do. I give Narnia some sedatives. And I'm, and I'm making my approach. <sighs> okay, so you, so you make your approach. Now, as you now, so you can very, very clearly see the Banu is a, a sort of a, a medium-sized moon surrounding the, you know, the very, very large gas giant. You can see... Straight away, the scanners detect that there is a very, very large, well, not not too large, actually, but sort of a, a medium-sized luxury space station Ooh. that is in, in orbit okay. uh, yeah. around Banu. And that appears to be where, th- okay. this is where the security message comes up. Oh, uh-huh. right. Uh, effectively, the equivalent of, you know, customs sends out a transmission. So you're, you receive a message from the space station as you make your approach. Mm-hmm. You can also see in orbit, there's a couple of larger shuttle ships, you know, collecting all the resources that have been mined. Your scanners detect that there is uh, one single uh, sort of primary settlement, which uh, you can see just going by the the newly augmented or updated galactic database. is It's called Coda. Effectively, there's the town of Coda, like the mining town. And then around there, you can also pick up that there's other, you know, sort of mining companies and whatever doing their actual excavation yeah. and whatnot. The main sort of central hub appears to be Coda. So Banu itself is a purely, like, devoid of life 
There is subterranean water, but there is a huge rocky canyon-like surface. Uh, it is very kind of, you know, sort of Colorado canyon country, but like turned up to 11, uh, with these huge rivets and canyons in the earth, which go all the way down to the point where the, the main settlement, Coda, is actually on a very, very large plateau of quartz. And mm. it, that's where it's all set up. And there's all, all around it, you can see that there are, well, as you, as you go down to descend, this, this is just kind of the information that you get so far. But yeah. um, there's one single settlement, which has got, you know, sort of a trading hub, and that's where you are to land. Mm -hmm. um, there's one very, very large, it, it isn't even a hangar bay, it's sort of an open an open space where ships are to land and so forth. So, but you receive a transmission, which is clearly coming from the space station. Uh, do you respond? It is, uh, it is a security alert. Uh, or, or I should say it's a, a, the equivalent of a security check-in. Sure. Um, in that case, I might get on the uh, comms to Black. Okay. There's a security transmission for you. Oh, okay. He comes up and just says, hello. A crisp, very sort of authoritarian voice just, you know, converses with him very briefly. It's all very by the book. Um, there is no sort of extra strangeness that occurs. He gives the coordinates. He gives the shipping number. The fact that he's on he's on route. He explains he's doing a shipment for Isotech to various mining colonies. That I wave you through relatively quickly and then eventually you descend down through the atmosphere into the actual and all around you can see these just gigantic rocky protrusions and canyons and it's all the rock here the, the whole planet itself is kind of a very dark uh, sort of sapphire blue with the the sand and 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 other other topsoil sort of being a much more sort of pale sky blue uh, and yeah so you make your way across until eventually you come down to Coda. So Coda is a constructed settlement. Think of it like very much like a wild west town. Mm -hmm. There's just kind of this one main road that goes all the way through and there are various, you know, shops and um, warehouses and outposts and cantinas. There's one sort of very large looking I guess kind of watchtower, which looks around in the um, the surroundings, and then all around, sort of dotting the landscape, you can see a couple of other larger areas where clearly one mining company or another are doing sort of deeper excavations and so forth. You land on the very large plateau, which is above the plateau that Coda is actually built on. So we're looking down on it. You are, yes, and so you can you know you can sort of all see down there. Think of it like a little bit uh, like Tatooine, yeah, but a little bit yeah. less mud hut and a, lo a little bit more like sort of. High crystalline ground. Yeah, and also um, with sand on the top of it, though. Yep. So okay. and none of it's smooth. It would be like chunks of quartz, I assume. Would, correct, exactly. Would the buildings be more like prefab stuff, like stuff that has yeah. been put down here to be easily assembled and think yeah. of it much more like a corporation built like a little sort of Tatooine style place. Yeah. So the, the buildings are less, you know, circular and muddy and more sort of like, you know, sort of they look a little bit more like sort of concrete, plastic concrete or okay. you know, manufactured uh, flat roofs and so forth. Almost sort of vaguely Middle Eastern, uh, but okay. also with a definite a definite um, corporation feel so there's lots of glowing advertisements for things as mm -hmm. well yep. so most of the um, there's sort of like the equivalent of glowing billboards around advertising for certain mining equipment and uh, wow. entertainment things very very clearly you can see that there is a large sort of cantina which appears to be the the, the central point for you know people converging and whatnot but then yep. you've also got towards the, the back you've also got general goods stores and uh, warehouses and stuff like that as well uh, you think honestly it Probably has a population of maybe 40,000 people at most. Oh. So it's quite so large, small. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly right. But yeah, there you are. So you it's, your ship lands. Yes, and you can just see Glock. <sighs> well, thank you so much. I'm going to call security to uh, remove the Trandoshan. You're free to go. 
uh, real quick before anything else happens, because this probably happened in something. So, did we come to a decision with what we did with the parts of the battle droids? I didn't do anything with the parts of the battle droids. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm just like holding off for more information. Is okay. Was my proposition? I. I wanted to do, like take something I just know. so like that we couldn't do it, but I'm not gonna like do a it. screw or something. Yeah, like not even the screw, like their central power unit or something. Yeah, uh, just something like important that we can give back if it's. No, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, I don't want to do that without the, the consent of the group because mm-hmm. yeah. this will affect all of us. I'm that, with I'm true. with L on this one. Uh, we don't know the purposes of these droids and out of game trying to like prepare ourselves against something that might come at us is probably a little bit better. Yeah, like I know my mm-hmm. I'm playing my character very paranoid, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is a trait we both share. But so, and what do you send on this I whole thing? I would probably say, like, don't mess with them. Okay, cool. ta- I guess taking out two yep. droids is like taking a cup of water out of the ocean. Yes, but you've done it. <laughs> it's your cup. It's your water. <laughs> it's your cup. It's your water. Um, yeah. Okay, that being said, uh, if you've shown me them, I can at least, uh, I know what they are. Mm-hmm. And so if we've, we've got some idea then as to what we're dealing with, and potentially we might have a weak spot that we can shoot or identify. Did the captain tell us who the shipments belong to? Uh, no, to I, no, he doesn't know. This doesn't wasn't know. this wasn't lodged in the uh, manifest. But like the the, the 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 hidden compartments in the things, like so yes. yeah. obviously they're all going yeah. to. So who's coming to collect it? I think is probably yeah. the next question. Sure. So so the inter- so you what one thing that you do notice is that the in particular the, the three or four compartments that particular mm-hmm. section of goods is actually to be delivered to uh, the Coda the main Coda mining company. Mm-hmm. So there are other mining companies that work here, mm-hmm. but the actual main one from the governor the imperial governor is is just the Coda mining company would you like to find out who comes to collect them I mean that might be I might hang around are they being that. delivered there or are they being picked up they're being picked up mm-hmm. are we sure that we don't want to does anyone have like a bomb that we can put no. in there that no. we can de- no okay. no more bombs buddy we've talked about this <laughs> <laughs> No one ever wants to do more. Okay, can I? I'm gonna. I, uh, uh, Nanya sort of like slinks off to find a shady spot that's uh, out of the way to observe. Mm. Okay, that's fine. So the ship lands and, and settles completely, and then the. And so the gangplank goes down, and you can see there's already a few little workers and droids down there who are here to collect the deliveries for various companies. You can see a, a couple of different people in uniform or droids that are there to uh, retrieve. Uh, you realize, of course, that yeah, most of them come and take it first, and then uh, behind that, you can see that there is a small squad of security personnel who appear to be local you know, Coda security. And they are dressed in sort of very, very, very imperial looking sort of clean pressed suits. You know, that sort of uh, space Nazi motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But their colouring is they have got very, very dark navy um, suits themselves, which are trimmed with gold. And yeah, they're, they're all human. In, in typical mm-hmm. imperial style, they, they don't actually have a lot of alien employees. Um, but mm-hmm. And they it looks like they're sort of sitting there waiting patiently for the rest of the smaller companies to come and load up the speeders with their various goods and medical mm-hmm. supplies and whatnot. Uh, it, it turns out only about four of the large containers are for them. So they're just kind of sitting there to the side. You also get the impression they're observing very carefully what everyone else is doing and sort of, you know, noting, you know, as the 
person in charge is a tall, sort of broad-shouldered blonde man who's who looks, you know, very, very prim and proper, a sharp face, just your typical By sort of look. imperial-looking mm-hmm. stooge fellow um, who is kind of sitting there, you know, marking off things on a data pad as people come and collect their stuff, you know, just making sure the right company picks up the right thing, you know. Uh, while that happens, by the way, a little Chandra fan ambles up and is clearly looking around for people, not not location. So to, to let you know, a Chandra fan are those little bat people. They're like little humanoid bats. They're about the height of Ewoks. They're like three feet tall, and they were in. They were present in the first Star Wars. There's yeah. one in the bar. This kind of gets a drink from the bar and walks back. But okay. they just look like little bat people. You know, little big fuzzy bat ears, little bat nose. So this particular chapter fan is dressed in a little mining uniform and has a small data pad and is yeah, it just kind of sitting there looking around, assuming you're not hiding yourself. I think only one of us might be. Okay, okay. In which case then, uh, he will uh, approach you and say, hello. Either one of the presence types want to handle it? I'm here to speak to the representatives of Isotech. You're the mercenaries that are hired by them? Well, yes. We don't like to go by mercenaries as such, but yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Troubleshooters. Uh, <laughs> private security. That's right. We're, we're here to fix problems. Fixes. That's what we should call <laughs> My name's Vandy. Vandy Nuz. Well, very pleasing to meet you, Vandy. My name is Nissa L. Erdane. So he, These are my colleagues. He stands up on top of a small box so as to be of a similar height to you and extends his hand to shake it. I, I shake his hand, absolutely. It's a pleasure to meet you. Let's walk and talk. Let's go have a drink at the cantina. Long journey. We are anxious to know exactly what it is we'll be doing here. Absolutely. Well, that's my job to fill you in. Assuming that you're still keeping an eye. I like, because obviously the Imperials are looking around to see if anyone thinks, so I don't want to... Raise suspicion. I don't want to raise suspicion, so I'm like looking at you guys going like... We'll see if we'll meet you at the cantina. We'll catch up with you later. Uh, I will uh, stealth then, Tom. Okay, sounds good to me. Absolutely. Free green die. I get no benefits. Uh, what purple dice are you? So, I'm ro- rolling purple dice, I've decided. So, you're going to have one purple and uh, two red. Tom, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I just said I'm not rolling purple dice. <laughs> yeah, you're rolling red dice now. <laughs> it's mostly red. Three red it is. You know what? I've turned the corner on these. You know what? You know what? I've turned the corner on these. I'm going to use a destiny point. Go ahead and make that three red. You're even just like, one of these days, Tom. <laughs> so we're just going to re-roll that red three times. Yep. 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 So, statistically speaking, I think the you're, you're official screwed. term for what is about to happen here is unboned. I've rolled one success on three die. Uh-huh. Here comes the reds. And the red dice is full of oh, not good things. God. Oh, wow. That's a really bad... Not th- no, good reds thing. are awful. We hate them. Yeah, we hate them so much. We hate them. We do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. should fucking open my mouth. <laughs> Tom flips the bloody dark side points over. All right. Two strain. NBD. Hey, Tom, in the travel time, does the strain I took from that check with the trend ocean, has it healed? Yes. Okay, good. Correct. Yes, it does. Right. Every, everyone's had it. Mm. Two strain. Four strain. Ooh. Damn, that was going to be the luckiest bloody thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Just so I'm really clear, sure. you got no successes and how much threat? You got one success. I got one success that was cancelled out by the two failures. Just to clarify, it is going to be a complete failure with four threat. Okay, look, it was one <laughs> failure, Tom. I don't think... Complete sounds <laughs> like I rolled six failures and no successes. Okay, okay. As the security make their way onto the ship, they all... They, they, the leader spots you immediately. And unfortunately, it's very obvious from your position that you are kind of hiding in the corner. He points at you and he doesn't draw his gun, but he kind of puts a hand to the, the blaster at his side and sort of says, You there, who are you? 
Come out of there. Uh, hi. Yes, sorry. Hello. Um, hi. Okay. I... <laughs> this looks bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should certainly agree. I should, I should point out that anyone who starts the sentence with this is bad is probably not on the up and up. I have a friend who I was told was coming here on this ship, and they owe me quite a lot of credits. Have you seen a short green Twi'lek with a bad poker face? Sorry, a bad Pazak face, and who looks like when they look at you, they're sort of calculating how much uh, your watch is worth? Because they owe me ten credits. <laughs> ten credits. Wow. I whole credits. Ten whole credits. <laughs> I have a promissory note. I had a promissory note. Oh dear. Uh, it is somewhere in my quarters. Okay. They owe me money. That's good. Can you can you please roll uh, oh. against well you know two red dice and one purple dice. <laughs> Shit. Why did you lie like that? Like, you see, there's so many ways you could have turned the situation. <laughs> now, Tom, I removed one black dice from a deception and skullduggery check. Mm-hmm. But there are no black dice in place. Yes, but can I say maybe use that to, like, downgrade a purple dice to a black dice? Oh. I mean, definitely not, no. <laughs> but thank you for reminding me that I should have added a black die because of the circumstance of you being caught skulking in the corner. But no, you can so, so go no, ahead and add that, so black, add wow. that black die and then remove it. Just wow. <laughs> so how many red dice am I rolling? Two so he looks purple. at you. Two red, one purple. Yes. Oh. He looks at you with a scrutinizing eye. He is, he is taking your measure, sir. He is. <laughs> Tom really wants to despair to okay. up this session. We'll see. I'm rolling three. Three green and a yellow against two red and a purple. So, a good dice first. Uh, ooh, that's a super duper success. Is that a triumph? It is a triumph. They can't take that away from you. They can't. I can't. A despair, a despair does not cancel out a triumph. Um, never cancelled out, adds a success to the pool and does other cool things. Uh, also, four successes. Bother. Was it a despair? It wasn't a despair, but there are two failures and a threat, and one more failure and one more threat. Now, Tom, what is the currency conversion rate of threats to triumphs? <laughs> so a triumph still counts as a success. Yes, it does. And on top of that, you get like it's a it's a like a boost to the success, as it were. So I had a triumph, uh, a triumph, and four advantages. Oh right. Oh. Uh, and. Two threats, which are gone. Yeah. And three failures. That's Alright, so you definitely failed. You have failed. And mm. then but you have a triumph and you have three advantages. One advantage. So one advantage and one triumph. Yeah. I have four advantages. Sorry, I'm looking at your thing and the numbers. Four, but you got two threat there. And I'm not sure what was on your previous roll. Uh, two failures, I believe. Okay. Yeah, two failures off your first one. Yes, two failures, yeah. and then I rolled a threat and a failure. And so I end up with... No, two one, failures. One's cancelled out by the triumph, so you've got one failure. No, uh, so that's because uh, it was three failures. Ah, uh, okay, cool. So it was three failures overall, but two failures and two advantages. And whatever leftover triumph gives me. Mm. Okay. It's very complicated. No, that's okay. You know what? You I, need dice. I have an answer for this one. Okay. If you're, because don't forget, a triumph normally is narrated by yourself. You can certainly take suggestions as all these kinds of things. But I have a way to ensure that while the gig is up, he will let you go for now. How does that sound? Oh, no. Yes. For bad reasons, but that's that's okay. So you notice he says, "Mm," he looks you up and down and says, I'm not buying that for a second. Excuse me for one moment, I check my databases. And you look up and you see on his little data pad and you can just tell with the way it reflects off his security badge <laughs> that although his companions can't see what he's doing, 
He's obviously looking through databases and so forth. You see that he checks in and seems to be extra suspicious. And you can see from the reflection in his data pad screen that he actually goes to look in what appears to be a secret, sort of separate section, like mm-hmm. a sort of a closed different file. And you can see what looks to be a couple of bounty posters. I had wondered. That he flicks through. And then he settles on clearly yours. And you can you can see you've seen your little bounty poster, which is not, by the way, widely publicized. It's actually only given to certain uh, sort of high echelon bounty hunters and also those that are deep in the criminal network. Yeah. <laughs> and so clearly, however, he has access to this, and he just you see his eyes light up with greed as he looks at you mm. and says, and but then looks at his companions. Yeah. And you can see him putting two and two together in his head of like. Okay, this is a big old payday, but I'm surrounded by other mm-hmm. security guards who aren't in the know on this. And he sort of says, oh, honestly, we have things to do. I don't have time to deal with this right now. Just watch yourself. Uh, as a point of interest, in case I need to follow up, <laughs> where will you be residing while you're, whilst you're here? Uh, Tom, how much do I know about what is on this planet? Uh, so you know that there are a couple of sort of residential places, but most of the, most of the time when people come here, uh, they're working for or doing business with one of the mining companies. So you could be staying at one of the barracks of a mining company, or you could be staying with... I mean, gosh, I, I, I mean, I guess you could be staying at a room at the cantina or something, or you could be working for one of the shipping companies here and so therefore you'd normally be staying on you'd probably be staying on, on the ship if they... so that's one of three potential lies that you can give him just I'm like if I tell him that I'm staying at the barracks at his own mining company is that too easily dip- disproved well, my instincts say yes don't well don't forget if he is the actual security Definitely. like mm. if he's actually the code of security he'd be able to check that he would be able to check that. But not only that, um, they may very well have their residences somewhere very, very separate and they would likely know everyone that works yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will... So I will... Because uh, there's a lot of mining companies on this planet, right? Oh, yeah. And they've got billboards and stuff up saying, yes, we can dig it. Um, oh, my God. Uh, God. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. Stop it. <laughs> so I'm going to say that I, unless you have a, uh, a list of specific names, Tom, I'm going to create a mining company that does definitely exists on this planet. Go for it. Orinel Incorporated is a mining consortium and also the person that I am in debt to, or the company that I am in debt to, if it gives you some reference. Hey, that's cool. That's that, is, that is like definitely like the first name that pops into my head. It was just like, I remember him talking about it. Yes. So it's just like, yes, Orinel Incorporated. I'm a technician in the barracks. Okay. He looks you up and down and says, very well, run along. And clearly makes a note. <laughs> cool. Hey, Tom, gonna be just. Oh, God, my character's gonna be rolling perception checks all the way back to wherever we're going. <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, I'll say that, that that's unnecessary. Like, they seem to be very much in, involved in whatever their business is here. But you, yeah, you make your way quickly to re- rejoin your companions. So. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.